bring the heart. It's time to get loud. Let's go! Because this is Betfred Super League. Bring it on. Welcome once again to Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast, sponsored by Betfred, of course. Back to normal this week. Steve-O's back from a well-earned break, and as always, we've got plenty to discuss. It's a question, really, of where to start. I'll tell you what, Steve-O, let's talk, first of all, about the action on the pitch last weekend in the Super League. What a series of incredible results the Super League produced. I could not believe it. How on earth could... Could Wakefield completely obliterate Castleford Tigers? 32-6. I know they're fighting for their lives, but that was a scoreline I did not expect. No, there were a few of them, to be fair. I mean, uh, Wigan, uh, they've been wobbling a little bit, but they marched on uh, uh, 46-4 winners against Hull Kingston Rovers. Now, Rovers came into this game with 14 men missing through injury and suspension. They lost another four during the game. They were flogged. Welcome to the coaching world, eh? Danny Maguire. Yeah, it's really uh, really upsetting to think that uh, he's been left, shall we put it, um, with injury-strewn team. And let's face it, uh, you can't just bring youngsters in and sort of fill them into a position that they don't have the experience. Uh, not surprising there. As you say, Wigan. Uh, I still will say it's going to be a Wigan versus St. Helens grand final. I know St. Helens got flogged by Salford. Eight tries from, from Salford. Where did that come from? Well, you'd never have tipped that, would you? You really wouldn't. I was at a function, Steve, at St. Helens last week uh, in the company of Kieran Cunningham and, and James Roby. I've actually done an interview with them, and we'll have that on the podcast uh, next week, a podcast special with the two boys. But in that room, there were about 300 St. Helens supporters. Never, never in a million years would they have been saying, we're going to go to Salford at the weekend and get hammered. I'm really worried. There was none of that thought whatsoever. Yeah, uh, overconfidence can bring you down. But let's give a lot of credit to the Salford coach, Rowley. He's got them working very, very hard. 44 points against St. Helens. That's, a, that's incredible. Indeed so. And they could only name 18 men for their squad on Friday. By the time the game kicked off on Sunday, they're obviously a little uh, healthier. But they've won, now won five wins in the last six and three in a row. And, Steve, I've seen the, uh, the highlights. They were 32 nil up at one stage. They were brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, Salford. Well, Rowley has this uh, wonderful ability to be able to put a lot of confidence in his players. And he obviously has said, look, opening 
15, 20 minutes. Let's keep this ball alive. Let's keep it running. They'll expect us to just un up the jumper, play it tight, good kicking game. And they just exploded. They just kept the ball alive, kept it wide, this and the other, run arounds, everything. They absolutely baffled the St. Helens side. And that takes some doing. It certainly does. And this will make you smile, Steve. Oh, Joe Burgess, who got a hat-trick um, for Salford against the Saints, uh, he couldn't resist after the match taking a big dig at John Wilkin, man who's filled your shoes uh, on Sky Sports uh, this season. The latest win comes weeks after Wilkin rubbished their playoff aspirations. Speaking last month, John Wilkin said it's a big end to the season for Salford, but I don't think they have the minerals, whatever that means, to get it done. Well, after the game, Burgess was speaking to the media and he said it was a really enjoyable uh, win and it's going so well at the moment. And he said to do that against St. Helens just shows 1-17, to 17, we have a massive set of minerals. So, so he's, had a, he's had a pop at him as Joe Burgess. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you and I, we're well aware of opening our mouths and getting and finishing <laughs> up with <laughs> with a foot well and truly down your throat. Uh, it, it happens all the time, but uh, sometimes uh, these pundits, you've got to make it make a decision. You can't hang back. He made a decision. Uh, he's got embarrassed. But uh, listen, Eddie, you and I got embarrassed quite a few times over the very, years. <laughs> very much so. Very much so. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and to be fair, he, he nailed his colours to the mast and I suppose... You open, as you say, you open your mouth and you've got, to, uh, you've got to take whatever comes if it all goes wrong. Uh, but people now are talking about Salford as genuine playoff contenders. And it just shows you on a one-off match, anything, literally anything can happen. If you're not there as the big names and you're not in the right frame of mind, you can get turned over. Well, a frame of mind, Eddie. What on earth is happening at Warrington? They were in a commanding lead and just fell apart. I mean, Huddersfield are a good side. We all know that. They're capable of scoring some wonderful tries. But Warrington just seemed to collapse late in the game. They did. They were 22-12 up going into the final quarter. They eventually lost to Huddersfield, 32-22. It was a, an away game for Warrington, but you're right. At the minute, Warrington just cannot hold on to a lead. What is it, Steve-O? Why is this, do you think? Because 20 minutes to go, big lead, coasting. I know Bullock got uh, Sinbin, but flip it, heck, to lose like that, <laughs> everyone in Warrington scratching their heads. Well, it, it's a lot of pressure on the new coach, isn't it? You know, Powell, Powell is, uh, understandably, is, is had a clean out. He wants all, shall we say, um, regular players. He's uh, moved them on. He wants to look towards the future, but it it's a it, it's going to be a problem for him in regards to. I think it's more mental than physical, in regards to the fact you know you're holding a commanding lead, and then all of a sudden you allow. And I know they were playing away at Huddersfield, but to allow them to come back into it, but it does show that when you get down to twelve men, it can have an adverse effect. It can. And, you know, the R word in Warrington is a dirty word at the moment. They won't talk about relegation in the town. But, but, in a week's time, well, they've got Wigan this week away of Warrington. A week after that, they face Toulouse. Toulouse here at the uh, Halliwell Jones Stadium. 
that's a relegation four pointer by the looks of things. Well, it it could well be, couldn't it? I mean, the way that Wakefield played, they just completely took Castleford apart. Um, I enjoyed watching that game. They, they played some some superb rugby league football, and it, it, anything can happen at this point in time because you lose a man, you know, Sinbin, ten minutes. Doesn't seem much, but 10 minutes can allow the opposition to get their confidence, and that's what happened. Uh, it's not going to be easy all the way through because uh, any rugby league fan like myself will be scratching their head and saying, hang on, how, did, how are these results coming through? But injuries play a big part, as does a man being sent off or into the bin for 10 minutes. It can just open up the game. It can. And, of course, Hull beating Toulouse in the south of France gave Wakefield a little bit of a lifeline and perhaps made uh, Warrington breathe a little easier. But I tell you something, the, the match in Perpignan on Saturday, Catalan, they were cruising. They really were. They were absolutely cruising. Uh, Leeds, they get a man sent off. Matt Pryor gets a red card and he's now banned for the fourth time this year. And Leeds come from the dead and win in Golden Point. It was an incredible match. Uh, well, I was just shocked. I, I could not believe that uh, Catalan, they are a very good side, especially playing at home. And they allowed the Leeds to come back. Leeds, as you say, with only 12 men. It's, it's that indication where probably Smith, the coach, said, look, we've got nothing to lose Let's just keep the ball alive, blah, blah, blah. It was obvious to me that Catalan had put the cue on the rack. We're coasting, and you can never coast in this game, in any sport, never mind rugby league. No, you can't. Uh, Rhino's 30 points to six down. Uh, then up pops Richie Myler, three tries in 13 minutes. Obviously, wind in their sails. Matt Pryor, though, gets sent off. Ooh, they must have been thinking... Blimey, we're not going to do it after all. And then Aidan Caesar comes up with a match-winning try, I think in the fourth or fifth minute of Golden Point. An eye-catching display from Leeds. It really was. Yeah, and it, look, Smith has got him playing very, very well. I mean, he's, he's brought what they were lacking, uh, and that's confidence. And when you come back from the dead, that will only help their confidence going on throughout the season. I mean, there were talk earlier in the year that Leeds may be a contender to be relegated. That's that's how bad they were. They were struggling. And uh, uh, when Agar said, right, I've had enough, uh, I think Leeds realised that, uh, ooh, you know, hang on, we've, we've got rid of a coach, he's retired. I mean, they won, a, they won the, uh, the Challenge Cup, Eddie, and, 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 you know, it's seemed as though they were playing badly. They, they had a good squad, got everything organised and then for some unknown reason you know they just seem to lose that cohesion and Smith has brought back um, shall we say a different attitude and look Agar said he said the players need a new voice and I, I, I've got huge credit for Agar for doing that by saying I understand these players need a new voice they are not listening to me that takes some doing that takes from doing for a coach to give away a plum job at the Leeds Rhinos. And it's worked for them. 
But I, I just can't believe that Catalan put the queue on the run. I really cannot believe that. They've had the injuries, but all the clubs have the injuries, especially at this time of the year. Yes, there's a lot of injuries about the really, the really, really is. Um, what a difference a couple of weeks makes for Hull. Uh, the week before their win in Toulouse on uh, the weekend, they were hammered at home by Castleford. Uh, there was the previous week a 60-0 beating by Wigan. Adam Pearson, the owner at home, there was a shot of him on the telly. His face was like thunder after that, and I feared the worst for poor old Brett Hodgson. But anyway, he survived, and he's gone to uh, Toulouse, and uh, and he's won. So, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? It, it, is a, it has been an amazing, amazing weekend. It really has. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure the coach would have been, uh, shall we say, nervous, because we all know that Adam Pearson, uh, the owner of the Black and Whites, um, he doesn't hold back when it comes to, shall we say, sacking a coach. And Hodgson must have been thinking, well, I've got to be next. Yeah, but... and the, the TV cameras were there, so it could have happened, couldn't it? And the face, know, on, my, my... The face on Adam yeah. Pearson, dearie me, looked like yeah. he'd lost a, lost a quid and found a penny, Steve, a bit like yourself. Yeah. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure do we still have pennies I've, I've, I've probably got a jar somewhere I, somewhere in the house which is full of pennies I'm sure you have okay well look that's, that, that's, the, that's the action from last weekend on now to the tale of two playing kits first of all down there in Australia where you are Manly and this controversy surrounding their rainbow kit which completely overshadowed the women in league uh, a pride round um, what on earth's going on I mean they lost seven players who refused to wear the kit I, I can't understand that for a start off if they've got a kit to play in what difference what does it matter if it's red white blue pink yellow maroon what what, does, what difference does it make Steve-O seriously well a lot a, a lot of people are saying that it was um, uh, religious but it has come to the fore now that the main reason was that the Manly Club failed to ask the players failed to tell the players that they were wearing this jumper they were building up to what they call the women's rugby league round in other words they wanted to promote more females to play the game of rugby league which I thought was, was fantastic uh, and it just shows you that everything from down under is not the best of everything why don't we have the rainbow stripes on every single club jersey? Well, it certainly took the spotlight off off the women in league round. There's no question about that. There's a postscript, though, uh, up here, Steve-O, because Keegan Hurst, remember Keegan Hurst of Wakefield, the first British player to publicly uh, come out and say he was gay, and he says that the players involved, as you said earlier, they are using their religion to hide their homophobia. And he's so... He's so annoyed about this. He's just come out of retirement. He's going to play for Batley Bulldogs. He's been on TV today, all day, saying, you know, that he wants to come forward, promote the inclusivity, the diversity of rugby league, which is only a good thing. And so he's coming out of retirement and he's hoping that more than his actions on the field, the fact that he's doing this will uh, shed a bit more light on what is... Um, a topic that the that the game is embracing just at the moment, and uh, well done to him. Uh, he, he was quoted down in Australia 
just a couple of days ago in regards to what you've just explained. And he, he was critical of the seven players. Uh, but as I said before, um, it wasn't, wasn't all about the religion. It was the fact they did not know. And it was sprung upon them. And uh, Penn, who is the owner of the Manly, Manly, uh, Manly side, uh, has made it quite clear that as far as he's concerned, um, they will come back and play. He's had a discussion with the seven players. And uh, they may even play right to the end of this season in the Rainbow Stripes. So he's, he's, he's pretty confident that uh, it'll all settle down. And what made it worse was that the police, the police said to Manly, do not allow those seven players to attend the game. They did not want a riot or whatever because it, it could have exploded. It could have done very easily. Yeah, obviously um, feelings are running high uh, in that particular part of the world. Okay, let, let's see what happens. Let's see if... Uh, if Manly do carry on and wearing wearing this kit, and uh, and and that the players uh, will will wear it in future. Another kit that has caused a little bit of controversy is the England kit, Steve-O, that's coming up for the World Cup. All the teams, the men, the women, the wheelchair teams, they will wear a shirt in 2022 with a blue chevron on the front, as opposed to the traditional red V. Now then, uh, tradition here seems to be going out of the window. Do you approve of a blue kit rather than the red, white and blue kit that we have come to know and love and the red kit, red and white kit? No, I think it's a disgrace. Absolute disgrace. Why on earth have they thought about putting blue on that shirt? We all know that the English flag is red and white. Why on earth would you want to do that? The only thing that comes across my mind is that, oh, most people will have an old red and white jumper, supporter's jumper. So let's have a blue and white so that they'll have to buy a brand new shirt. That's the only thing that I can think of. I think you've hit the nail on the head because the merchandise partners say blue is popular, sales have been encouraging, and so you're right, is it tradition or finance? Imagine, Eddie, if you if you said uh, a, a Scotland tide in any sport, oh, um, we've decided you, you're going to play in red. They go yeah. absolutely crazy. What? You want the Scottish players to to wear red? So why on earth do we want to? I mean, to me, tradition has just gone out of the window, and it's wrong. And you've got to put it down to the people who are running the game, that they've allowed this to take over. Well, well I've got a quote here. Uh, the 2019 Lions shirt, apparently, which was something similar, was popular. And the league say, the RFL say, heritage of that matters. But a red shirt, a red V, isn't an option. It's identified with a very successful club team. We know who that is. St. Helens, I presume. You had Hulkingston Rovers, Wigan, Salford, Lee, and others. The more we thought about blue as the colour, was more the more it appealed. England football kits have an element of blue as well. England cricket uh, in the white ball tournaments also have a touch of blue. 
and they've won two World Cups in the last five years, the England cricketers. So there you have it. Money and tradition. Tradition goes out the window, and we're now trying to copy the success of the cricketers to win a World Cup in a blue jersey. I don't think whatever colour they play in, Steve-O, will matter one iota. Do you? No. I mean, I think it's, I think it's nailed on. I don't think uh, anything much is going to happen. I think that is the because they've had all this big launch and pictures have been released, and I think they're going to be playing in, in that kit uh, during the course of the of the World Cup. You, you, you mentioned there seems to be a host of Aussies uh, heading over, Steve-O, to Super League next year. Some have even arrived already to help out some beleaguered clubs. It's happened many times before, of course, but there does seem <laughs> to be a big influx this year. <laughs> Any reason why? I mean, what's going on? Uh, I'll put it this way, Eddie. Um, most people that's got a lot of intelligence, they look towards their future. In other words, I want to get myself a pension so that I can be looked after. I've always maintained that when the Aussies come over, not all of them, but when the Aussies come over and finish their playing career in England, it sounds to me as though, well, I'm not good enough to play in the NRL. Uh, They're moving me on. They're not giving me a contract. But I might be able to make a quid going over to uh, the UK. And it's been going on for many, many years. Now, I'm not saying that all those players were past their best because we have had some fantastic players over. Meninga, Sterling, Kenny. But when you look across the board, I think you'll find the percentage of those players that have come at the end of their career. I can't blame them. (laughs) Listen, if a club in England says, oh, we want him, then that's fair enough. He's not, he's not going to turn it down because he's probably not wanted by any club in the NRL. I can't blame them well, from he... doing it, but but I can blame the clubs from just... I mean, I remember years and years ago um, when uh, one club, I think they, they drafted in four or five uh, Aussie players to try to avoid relegation. And it, to me, it... There should be a law saying, "Hang on, you know, we, we've got to we've got to sort this out." I have a feeling, Eddie, that rugby football league—they just try to do what they think is best, and I'm not so sure that what they come up with is something that I agree with. Um, here's another debate for you, okay? The Gold Coast's Kevin Proctor. He's been fired from Gold Coast for vaping in the toilet during a match with the Canterbury Bulldogs. He wasn't playing, by the way. I think he was 18th or 19th man. But, but, you're not allowed to vape or smoke anywhere in that particular stadium. Social media pictures were posted. Why, you have to ask, but they were. They were on social media. Proctor's been fined $15,000 and kicked out of the club. Now, the rumour is he's on his way up here to Super League. Why do we pick up the NRL's dirty linen, Steve-O, on so many occasions? <laughs> I've just explained that to you before. Money. Eddie. Money, pension. Oh, well, well he's, he's got sacked in Australia. What is he going to do? He, he probably has a family. I'm not, I'm not right sure about his uh, family situation. Um, but it, he's getting no money. He's been fined. So that's that's a negative. Um, I wonder. If, I wonder if anyone would be interested in me in in the UK. 
And time and time again, yes, the English clubs or the French club, they said, well, we'll have him. Yeah, he's a good, yeah, he's a good player, blah, blah, blah. But boy, um, I've never smoked in my life, but uh, obviously vaping, boy, that's an expensive hobby, isn't it? 15 grand? <laughs> Very much so. It, re it really is. Uh, listen, talking about expense, we know about the cost of living crisis that we're all feeling worldwide. I mean, it's, it's just as bad down there in Australia, I take it, is it, as it is up here at the moment? Oh, it, it, it's even worse in certain things. Look, it, it's affected the uh, the entire world. It's now affecting the rugby league at the very highest level. The sports insurance premium has risen uh, from £400,000 this year, which seems a lot of money. In 2023, it goes up to £1.5 million. A one-year uh, deal, they're saying. Hopefully, it'll be less in 2024. But people are asking whether this is behind the game's aggressive effort to reduce the number of head injuries that we've seen in the game in recent years. What do you think? I, I think that you're spot on in regards to the fact that... Um... Most of the games down here and in in, uh, in Australia, uh, I reckon there'd probably be sometimes, on average, five or six uh, head injuries where the game has to be stopped, uh, he has to be taken off, uh, checked out, whether it's available to go back onto the field of play. Uh, they've got to try to do something about it. It's well, difficult. They, they do, yeah, it is difficult. And they're doing that on both sides of the world, aren't they? With the head injuries, I mean, you get a, 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 an HIA, you fail it up here now, you're out for 11 days. You can't come straight back in the following week if it's within the seven days. You've got to wait now 11 days. And some coaches have reportedly been told already that the clampdown on all this dirty play will be even tougher in 2024. So... It ain't going to get any better for the ones who want to be biffed or bring it back. You're right, Eddie. And you've also mentioned the insurance policy that Rugby League has to pay out now. It's, what, nearly three times what they normally pay. And that's also brought about in regards to the fact that so many of these players are being injured. And they're liable to claim because that's what the insurance policies are all about. I mean, and not surprising, they've nearly trebled the amount that they have to pay to look to look after the the players. It's a difficult situation, as I say. It's a, you know, rugby league is a tough game. It's rough and it's tough, but it's got to be legal. A couple of other snippets for you. Danny Orr is leaving Salford at the end of uh, this year. He has been announced. He's been an assistant to Paul Rowley. Uh, and it, it, the timing seems strange because it's, uh, it's suddenly going really well. Going really well for Salford, as we've already said. Well, we'll have to wait and see where he's going to go. Because he's a talent. There's no doubt about that. Um, where he's going to go, I've got no idea. I wonder, I wonder I if he's got anything lined up. What do you think? Do you think he might have something already lined up? I would imagine if oh, he's think, decided, made this yeah. decision, he must have. Yeah. I mean, uh, otherwise he would have gone to the uh, end of the season. I wonder whether I wonder whether Danny uh, or is on his way to uh, Rugby Union, Steve-O. I just wonder, because listen to this. Eddie Jones, the England Rugby Union head coach, says that he would jump at the chance to coach 
in the NRL. His first choice would be South Sydney because he supported them since he was a youngster. There you go. Eddie Jones comes to the NRL. Danny Orr goes to England. How about that? You never, ever know, Dean. Look, <laughs> Eddie Jones is a very, very smart operator. Uh, he knows he knows what it's all about. He knows how to get inside the head of players. He knows how to get them all revved up and get inside of, it, of this and the other. Um, he's, he's coached in Japan, and as you know, he's... Uh, coaching the England side um, and there's, there's nothing wrong by putting out the feeler when you're in a, a press conference oh well you know one day I'd like to uh, I'd like to coach uh, a rugby league team uh, preferably the one that I supported as a young kid South Sydney um, on the world stage it's not a bad option is it it's like saying I'm available. Indeed. And it would be a headline grabber that if Eddie Jones went to South Sydney oh. after coaching England Rugby Union. It really would. Yeah, it really would. Of course it would. It's a, but it's, it's a fanatic um, on Rugby League, as most South Sydney fans are. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we bumped into him at uh, last year's grand final at Old yes. Trafford. Um, and he, he was... It was so lively, you know. It's oh, it should be a good game, blah blah blah. Um, listen, th this guy is a great coach. I'm sure they'd welcome him with open arms at South Sydney uh, uh, at some stage in the future. Someone else who's on the move, Steve-O, by the way, before we depart, Oliver Gildart. Now he's uh, he's hardly played for the West Tigers this year. He's not played because of a calf injury that he picked up in May, but he's off to the Roosters on loan till the end of the year um, I think this is a bid by Oliver Gildart to get his name back in the frame for Sean Wayne and the England World Cup squad don't you uh, well you can't blame him for doing that because it's uh, it, it, he hasn't really played all that many times um, and of course <laughs> to go to the Roosters uh, would be a great advantage now Sydney Roosters they've gone through a, a horrific sort of injury toll so they've been desperate to to sort of get other players in is a fine player Oliver Gildar don't worry about that but there again the media and some of the other clubs are saying why do we still have this loan system where you can swap and change uh, I, I, I just get confused by the, the entire sort of situation it's okay you've got a lot of injuries so will you loan that this that and the other but how would you feel if you were uh, if you were a sort of Sydney Rooster and they bring someone in on loan rather than give a chance to a youngster or whatever? Well, I can tell well, you one when... thing, Steve. Oh, at Hall, for instance, up here, they brought three young kids in on loan from uh, Warrington uh, and St. Helens. And I'll tell you something. Those three young kids have breathed life into the Hull Challenge this year. They really have. They did it at Magic and they've done it now in the last couple of weeks. And, and, and fair play to them. I understand that. But to me, this swapping and changing and on, on this loan system, a lot of people don't like it down here in Australia. I can assure you of that. Quite a few clubs are against it. Um, because <laughs> it just it doesn't seem right, does it? If I, if I have a contract with a club 
And I say to myself, right, I want to be in the first grade. So you're training hard, you're training, you're going to get all, all yourself sort of set up for it. And then they bring in someone from another club. So that stops me from being selected. I know yeah, it's, it's demoralizing. Yeah, it's demoralizing. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I know it. I know it's ruthless, and you know a lot of coaches, they don't mind. They say, "Look, <laughs> my job could be on the line." Uh, anything else from you before we go? No, no, no. I, I, I think I've, uh, I've rowed my boat down the river, <laughs> long, long. <laughs> right. Okay. That's it then for another week uh, next time we will have that interview with the two legendary hookers from St Helens Kieran Cunningham and James Roby who were guests of honour at a testimonial event for Alex Wormsley recently I sat down with the three of them and you can hear the results of our conversation on next week's podcast so yet again Steve-O you're getting another week off I'm just too good to you I'm just too good to you you put your feet up again I'll do all the work as per normal all I can say, Eddie, is that I would love to get 50% of what you're being paid. <laughs> 50% amount. You can have it see all. See you later.